brunch on Sundays. Bring the hookah to the table. She gon' smoke it till her lungs ache. That's brunch on Sundays. Post the pictures on the gram. Hashtag Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Brunch on Sundays with your favorite hosts, Rhino X and the Cat Queen. Here to bring you another episode. So again, I know... I'm sure you guys heard last episode, which again, we have so much fun recording these. Um, but Cap Queen says she wanted to start off the show a little bit different. You remember that? Yeah, listen, we gotta ask something new, we gotta ask some spice. I don't so know you were saying that you wanted to talk about the the crazy things or something crazy that you know we've heard of since the last time we came together to record. Yep. Um I've heard a lot of shit because I mean the internet is never short of having interesting things to talk about but mm-hmm. I, I being as though you are the pimp that you are and I'm granted you a pimp of retirement but being though you're the <laughs> pimp that you are right um what constitutes a corny negro oh you talk about the whole michael b jordan thing so that's okay. where that's where it's stemming from but like it's not just that like okay the russell wilson's you know the michael b jordan's and like they get laid. I don't think either of them are corny though. So, like, exactly. What the? What is corny to to you? Like, I don't. Okay. The corny Negro is the dude when I was at the gym telling me, "Oh, you should get on the treadmill with me." That's <laughs> corny. Like, <laughs> what? All right. So you know, I want operation. Let's not be a big fat bitch no more. Now, before somebody, I mean, like, to be fair, oh, you're not that big. Before you even go there. Listen, I stepped on the scale and it said big what is fat bitch. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's what it said for me personally. And I also think that people fail to realize that I am only five foot three. So realistically, for me to be healthy, and this is not for an aesthetic reason, this is legit for me to be healthy. Too there is a such thing as too much weight on a small frame. Yeah, you bounce short as shit. It's fine. Right. It's too much weight. And I was getting to the too much weight portion. Okay. Okay. I'm at the gym. Right. I get off of the treadmill, but I leave like my keys and my water bottle on the treadmill because I'm going to be a good person and grab the the paper towel and the spray to wipe down the treadmill that I was just on. Mm -hmm. As I'm getting off the treadmill, dude sees me. He locks eyes with me. Point of reference, I be looking crazy in the gym. I'm talking about do-rag on and a hoodie. Like, I oh, look crazy. This I don't look approachable in my personal opinion. Go, I come back. He's like almost getting onto the treadmill that I was just on that still has my stuff. So I sort of kind of like slide in between him and the treadmill and grab my stuff. And he was just like, oh, I didn't know you were there. This was yours. But if you want me, you can walk on it together. Because we would look good together. I'm just like, I look like a man right now. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's what you went to, and that's okay. But even if that was, that's the corniest pickup line I've ever heard. Stuff like that is corny. Okay. I've never found artsy dudes to be corny, because Michael B. Jordan definitely gives me the vibes that he was that artsy alternative dude in high school, which okay. is fine. Which is fine. Just like Russell Wilson definitely gives me, he was very much in touch with his feelings. And again, those are fine things. Those aren't corny. Corny is saying dumb shit like that. That's 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 being corny. That's what corny is. Or the dude who doesn't take the hint. Men who can't take hints, those 
those is corny. And I'm not talking about the subliminal hints that some people be given. I'm talking about the hard, I'm not, like, uh, dude that was talking to himself in my text messages the other day. Not talking to himself. He was talking to himself. That man was talking to himself. He was up there, hey, I didn't respond. He was talking to you, but you know. No, he was talking to, it was, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna go look at my phone right now. And I told y'all she got the juice show. But anyway, people will agree that he was talking to himself. He texts me on um Thursday at eight o'clock in the morning. Hey, I'm in town. I don't respond. This is where my hotel is. I still don't respond. Now this is Thursday at eight o'clock in the morning. Noon. What are you doing today? Don't <laughs> respond. Nine eleven. Where you at? PM. Don't respond. Calls me at nine thirty. Don't answer. Friday, 10 o'clock in the morning. Good morning. Do you have any plans this weekend? Don't respond. 9.15 at night. Oh, what are you doing? We're going here. Would love to see you there. Don't respond. Saturday. Saturday! 9.20 in the morning. Yo, what's up? Still don't respond. Who, Who was he talking to? It's persistency, baby. Him fucking self. <laughs> this is fucking self. <laughs> Be God, how sad in my messages. Listen, he he was just trying to, you know. It, it, I don't know. <laughs> That's corny. That's corny. That's corny. That's real. I give you that. So no, like, but like, you know, and I get confused, right? Because like, okay. It'd be one thing if it was dudes calling these guys corny. Now, granted, there are some dudes that call Russell Wilson corny, but like Russell Wilson got a whole bunch of other stuff with him that makes me. Mm, he just seemed like a quirky dude. I won't. I won't say corny. He's quirky. Yeah, I've heard some interviews with some of his teammates. He definitely right. gives quirky vibes. He gives quirky vibes. I mean, you know, if, if for some people that works, and that's fine. So, like, that's not that's not the issue that I have. But like the one thing that I will say, and I I hold strong to this belief, that toxic masculinity gets a lot of its teeth from women. Like there's a lot of women that be on these like posts and be agreeing with the dumb shit, and I'm like, what? Like, so yeah, on, on one hand, you are you know asking for Sierra's prayer for a Russell Wilson type, right? But then you call that motherfucker corny. Like, you know, motherfucker, you know, in touch with his emotions and, you know, wanting to show you off and show you off. Oh, well, you just, you just corny. Like, what? I'm confused. What the fuck? (laughs) What? So, you know, when I'm on Instagram and that bird app and, you know, just be scrolling and, and be reading some of the comments from ladies, I'm like, huh? Like, ain't that what you said you wanted? Now that you got somebody wanting to give it to you, that was court. All right, you got it. <laughs> so yeah, that that whole corny definition, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is weird to me. It, it really just is. I'm just like, mm, I don't know about all that, bro. Like it's it's yeah. All that, right. That's all you. That's all you call corny. That f- listen, him. Listen. Uh, the men who go outside of my DMs are corny. Those are the ones that are corny. But we're not going to talk about all of that because then people are going to get very confused as to what the fuck, why are all these men going outside of your DMs? And I can't explain that. 
I can't explain it. They just be going outside. I was like, so what's your crazy thing that you want to talk about? So my crazy, I wouldn't even say crazy. This is just like, I had to explain this week at my other job to a 55 year old grown man. Okay. That just because you pay four times the minimum amount on your credit card balance does not mean you've paid your credit card for four months. Oh, okay. Customer comes in, wants to swipe their card. Their card gets declined. Right. He says, oh, that's impossible. I have a $10,000 limit. Right. I said, okay. So I look. I said, oh, you have a minimum payment of, I think it was like $400 at the time. He mm-hmm. said, oh, but I paid $400 four months ago. I said, well, have you used it in those four months? He said, yeah, but it's like your car payment. I can just pay the minimum for four months at one time. I said, no, it's not like your car payment. And um, I don't know car payments that work like that. Um, it's you um pay the minimum due Every to month. cover that month or you right. pay the whole month. So that way you don't have a bill the next month. You can't just pay four times the minimum and think that that covers you for four months. He said, so what about my credit? I said, well, your credit is going to be reporting three missed payments. Oh, shit. Have fun with that with American Express. (laughs) Oh, God. Of all the motherfuckers to not want to owe money to, American Express is one of them. First of all, how how has he not been bombarded with phone calls? Because... You miss one payment with American Express. Excuse me, sir. Do you need to give up a kidney? Because we want our money back. Like, what the fuck you doing? Yeah, that's interesting. That 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 one's a little little wild. Not gonna lie. Damn, like he really thought that. I'm 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 flabbergasted. <laughs> All right, well that there that goes our crazy segment. That that make sure y'all pay y'all bills on time and like know what the fuck y'all doing because we we too old to be having fucked up credit. Trust me. Trust me, because my credit was fucked up after college. I couldn't even afford the after pay a sandwich of this job. Listen, college shop. Like, speaking of college, so like, I always forget where you went to school. Don't don't feel bad. Most people do. <laughs> it's okay. So I where went, did you go to school? All right. So I know it's in the in the bushes. It's not in the bushes, in the mountains, asshole. <laughs> um, I went to East Stroudsburg University. Um, it is in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. But for those of you that don't know where the fuck that is, just think the Poconos. It's literally right before the, it's right before you get to the Poconos. So that's where I went to school um, for both undergrad and grad. And you went to UConn, correct? Yes, sir. Go Huskies. You got you got big money. <laughs> Actually, um, I don't. You know, but we go with the lies, the lies. <laughs> but um, okay. so yeah, that's where I went. I went to uh, ESU in East Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania. Listen, UConn wasn't in no. Listen, that one way. Well, let me phrase this: When I went to UConn, so twenty twelve through twenty sixteen, it was one way in and one way out. Damn. Since my well during my ten my time there and since my departure um there's been some changes but it's definitely still a very intricate place to try to get to and move-in day you can always tell move-in day on i-84 because the highway is backed up backed up so 
was East Strasburg your first choice? Because your top choice, because you kind of know to the no, it was not. Um, so I was fortunate enough to go to a college preparatory high school in Philly. Um, and I mean, it was already a foregone conclusion that I was going to college. Like that was never not an option. Uh, I, I ended up graduating top of my class, whatever, whatever. At one point, I, I, I guess you could say I was a nerd. It is what it is. Um, but the thing about it was we had a guy. So my number one choice since I was a young boy. So I want to say around like 10, 11 is when I started getting into football really big. Um, I just knew that I was going to go to the University of Miami. <laughs> that is where I wanted to go to college when I was, before I knew what college was, like for real, for real. Um, and I could have gone, I, I applied, I got in, but we had a guidance counselor come in and it was an old black dude. And he started spitting some real shit. He was like, look, um, you guys live in a generation where a bachelor's degree isn't going to account for much. You're going to have to eventually go back and at the very least get your master's degree. So it really does not make a whole bunch of sense to spend a whole bunch of money on a bachelor's degree when you're going to have to get another one. So when he said that, I was just like, huh, now mind you, at this point, again, first generation college student, my mom had a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, uh, community college but she didn't she didn't go away to school so i'm doing all of this for the first time so like at that point it hit me to start looking at how much this fucking tuition cost because <laughs> i'm like oh shit like this shit might start getting a little pricey so that's when i learned the difference between in-state tuition and out-of-state tuition and i was just like oh fuck um yeah then you know start to have a conversation with my mom about okay well if you do go away how you getting home, yada, yada, yada. So like the logistics of it just didn't pan out for me. Um, and again, like I said, going to a college preparatory school, um, we had all, we had our guidance counselor had a connection with all of the state schools in Pennsylvania. So either we went to go visit or they came to come talk to us. So again, you got the, you know, Indiana University of Pennsylvania came in, Cheney, we visited Cheney, um Kutztown came in a lot of like I said a lot of the PSAC schools for those of you that know Pennsylvania a lot of the Pennsylvania state schools came in and either were talking to us whatever so again because I'm pretty I'm number one in my class I pretty much got a scholarship to go to all of them um and I was going to go to IUP but again start thinking about logistics I'm from Philly IUP is about five six hours away from Philly I had no car. I mean, I had a bunch of people that I knew that were going there, but then I, that was also the reason why I didn't want to go there. I'm like, mm, I'm trying you don't to rely on nobody else. Right. I'm trying to get away from a lot of you niggas. So like, mm, maybe I don't want to go there. Um, then I started talking to the guy from Kutztown, visited Kutztown. It was in the middle of like no fucking where. And like, for whatever reason, I, I just didn't like the feel of the campus. So um, I remember I remember it like it was yesterday. The guidance, the admissions counselor from ESU, his name is Jeff Jones. Anybody in the Pennsylvania system of higher education knows who the fuck Jeff Jones is. Jeff Jones is this six foot five, six foot six fucking giant, right? Okay. That, you know, 
he he just got this swagger about him. And like you, if you meet Jeff, you know Jeff. So Jeff comes in. Now, mind you, all the other guys are recruiting. Oh, you know, you will be such a great addition to the school. And, you know, we, we really want you, whatever, whatever. Jeff Jones said some of the most gangster shit I've ever heard in my life. Jeff Jones <laughs> came in and started cutting ass. And I was like, whoa, like, I like this dude. He's like, man, look, we don't need you. You need us. We can get I was like, damn. Uh, okay. Like, he started talking that shit. I was like, I like you. So, like, he started rapping. And, he, you know, he, I went to him after he gave his little presentation or whatever. He looked at my transcript. He said, I can use scholarship right now. You trying to come? I was like, fuck it. All right. <laughs> so that's how I ended up there. Mind you, never visited the campus. Nothing. I had no idea what the fuck I was signing up for. None. But, you know, we could talk about divine intervention and planning all we want. But, like, that, that, that's, that's really what it felt like in hindsight. Like I said, the crazy part about it was, and I didn't think about it until um, – my pop had asked me one day, he's like, yo, when you and your best friend, my best friend Josh, were talking about going to school, like, did y'all ever talk about what college y'all going to? I'm like, yo, honestly, we never had that conversation. And it's so weird, because, like, we talked about every fucking thing. Me and my best friend was together every day, like, for four years. He went to a different high school, but, like, we would catch the train together, and then we would link up at the school. Never once talked about where the fuck we was going to school? He ended up going to Hampton, and I ended up going to ESU. And like, we just like, all right, bro, I see you. I see you at Thanksgiving break, but like, never had a conversation about where we were going beforehand. So, was it my top choice? No. Do I regret the choice? No, I don't. Um, because there was a lot of things that happened at ESU that shaped who I am now. So. Yeah, but no, ESU was definitely not my top choice, but it definitely was obviously the choice that I was supposed to make because that's the choice that is not making. So what about you? Was you Kanye number one? Hell no. Oh, Fuck no. Fuck no. So um, I would never say I was a nerd. I wouldn't say that, but I was very much a very smart kid with a very smart mouth. I can see that. <laughs> So when it was time to talk about like colleges and stuff, I knew off rip that I wanted to go to college. Like that's something I talked about since I was very much young. So I knew that that was the route that I was taking. Okay. Um, it's senior year. I got a 3.93 GPA. Essentially, I can apply to any fucking school that I want. Basically. <laughs> Bye. And somebody's going to be like, Michaela, what the fuck? I... Did not want to go to an HBCU. I had no interest in it. Uh-oh. You know damn well you're going to get some DMs about that one. Reason being is because I grew up around Black people my whole life. I wanted something new. I grew up in the, I grew up in the city. Like, all I saw was people of color all the all time. I wanted something new. So, yes, I applied to strictly PWIs. Also, I tried to pick the PWIs because PWIs give Black people a lot of money to go to school sure. to boost up on their numbers. So, um, not to toot my own horn, but I got into 18 of the 19 schools that I applied to. Damn, nigga, let's get it. There was only one fucking school that rejected me, which is a local college, Trinity. And that's because Trinity has this thing because it's in the city of Hartford. They ex- accept very few Hartford residents into their school. Like, Okay, I, I can I can see the rationale behind that. It's it's a because it's supposed to be like a baby Ivy League, even though it's fucking Trinity. But either neither here nor there. Okay. So my top choice was actually Seton Hall. Really, Seton Hall. Yep, top choice was Seton Hall. 
Um, after Seton Hall, it was Michigan State. After Michigan State, it was Penn State. <laughs> okay. Um, it was Penn State. Temple. They UConn got you. came in at number five. Thank God you angled it. Now, granted, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Temple is a great school. Great school. I took classes. Oh, what's in the trap? I did. It's in the motherfucking trenches because that shit was right across from my house. I know. <laughs> it's in the trap. Trenches. And so, I mean, they've done a better job in recent years of like kind of consolidating stuff to like a, a major central kind of hub. But like back when I was applying to college, shit. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it was schools like Temple. I had like Slippery Rock is a school out, in, it's another school in PA. Not you um, trying to be in, in PA. Like, what's up with you? Like, it, it, I definitely was because it was Temple, Slippery Rock, Penn State, and Kings. I had applied, like, I had applied to several schools in PA. Okay. It was, I was it's PA, and then I did Michigan State and then Northern Michigan State. That's so random. So, okay. I did, no, Northern Michigan State has a three and, at this time, I thought I wanted to go to law school. So, Northern Michigan State uh, has a three and three law program. Okay. So that was that. I applied to Quinnipiac, um, UConn, Boston College, Suffolk University. Like I, you, I applied to some pretty decent schools. Yeah. Applied to some pretty different schools, and I it was just yeah, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in. Now Seton Hall again, my top fucking choice, top choice. Seton Hall, when I was applying to go to Seton Hall, it was $54,000 a year to go there. God um, damn. As an out-of-state private. They gave me a scholarship. Scholarship was for 10 bears. So I'm like, okay. Not being funny at this point. My family broke. So I'm like, oh, FAFSA gonna help me. Nope. Nah. FAFSA gave me another 10 in grants or some shit like that. Still got like 30 to play with. 30 grand. And my mother was just like, my mother told me, she's just like, I'll go on. She said, if you really want to go here, I'll figure out a way to make it, make it work if this is really what you want. She said, I'll take out separate loans, whatever. If this is where you want to go, we can get it work. Rams, and, and I told her, I sat her down and told her because girls didn't go to girls didn't go to school. Girls was in school, but she hadn't had a traditional college route. I told her, I said, yeah, but what about another three, the next three years? Right. And she's just like, you're right. So Seton Hall was off the list. Quinnipiac, another school. I think they were like 50K. They gave me 45K to go there. Okay. So I was like, all right, Michigan State was willing to give me what the hell i think my out-of-pocket was like three grand if i wanted to go to michigan state mm-hmm. i can't even remember what penn state's package was all i know is i threw it in the trash i was just like you know, y'all fucking playing with me you think i'm pussy and i don't like it Ugh. temple was another one and it was the small co- small all women's college in mass called bay path my out-of-pocket was like two grand i went to yukon it was completely covered so, logistically speaking, I made the choice to go to UConn off of logistics. Mm-hmm. Now, if I would go, if I could go back and make a change, I probably would have went to Michigan. Hmm. Very odd going out to Michigan, but Michigan is another D1 school, three and three program. They was giving me big money. 
because I was out of state and black and I was just like, hey. But I ended up going to Yukon. That's how we got to be the lovely husky I am today. But yes. So majors, majors, you know, every as somebody, as somebody who works in higher ed, you all you know how students are about their majors. <laughs> Lord, I know, I know how I was. So let's what was your major when you first got there? Uh-huh. You, what what major did you think you were going into when you first got? So for those that don't know, I entered East Stroudsburg University thinking that I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Okay. I started off with a psychology major. After one semester, I was no longer a psychology major. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately for me. I had the unfortunate pleasure of getting probably the worst professor for a first year student in philosophy in, in psychology when I first went to ESU. Dr. Uh, Mealy, for those of you that don't know, um, again, is he in hindsight now that I'm older and a little bit more mature, is he a bad teacher? Probably not. Probably the kind of teacher that I would actually like if I had the foundation that I needed in that in my first year. Um he was a real laissez-faire, you know, you guys will weed yourself out of this class on your own. I don't have to. Which he wasn't wrong. Like, I mean, shit, by the time class ended, had the class, dropped the class. But, um, again, for that to have been my first taste of psychology, it, it really wasn't a good example. And, I mean, yeah, so, no, I, and I did not end up sticking with my major. I think I changed my major four or five times in college. <laughs> Um, ironically, still graduated on time. Very impressive. Um, but I started off psychology. Then I said, okay, you know what? Went from psychology to political science because I'm like, all right, you know what? I like politics. Maybe I can do something with that, or I can use that degree to go to law school. Um, okay. I did about a year in political science. Met this guy named. Storm Heater. His name was his name is literally T Storm Heater, the most hippie dude, but he doesn't consider him a hippie, but he's definitely a hipster. But Heater was the coolest white dude I've ever met in my life. Like mad cool. Um, so he was a, a philosophy teacher. So then after linking out with him, I said, damn, I really like philosophy. I'm gonna switch my major from political science to that. Then about a year in in philosophy. Um now I'm like in my junior year, and I'm starting to look at like, okay, well, what can I do with a philosophy degree? Not much. <laughs> so I'm like, mm, yeah, I kind of need something that I can actually get work in. <laughs> so ended up switching from philosophy back to political science, and that's eventually what I graduated with, with a degree in political science. Um, do I use that degree? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, not even anything close to what I actually studied in undergrad, which is fine. It is what it is. Um, and then from... Mm. Hold on. Uh-oh. The host caller. Oh, whoa. No host over here. <laughs> I'm not you, Big Pimpin'. Ain't nobody talking to themselves. Yo, I don't understand why Ain't I nobody talking to themselves in my DMs. Relax. <laughs> I'll be trying to figure out why they be doing it anyway. I'm just like, I'm not that attractive, but you know, hey. Listen, I keep telling you from the moment that I met you oh so long ago 
that you are the cat queen and you are the juice god. Like the two are synonymous. But anyway, um, so yeah, then in then in grad school, ironically, take my major in grad school. Fucking crazy. Um, I ended up going to grad school for political science, mm-hmm. but um okay, we're gonna talk about let's talk about it. There was an unfortunate fucking occurrence that happened in grad school. Um okay. So there was again, now mind you, I love her, I will forever love her to death. Her name is Kimberly Adams, Dr. Kimberly Adams. She was my pseudo advisor slash life coach slash pretty much everything. I took an Adams class then every semester from like first semester on. Um, so Adams knows me. I have a track record with, with Adams. Um, she's like that auntie that always challenges you to be better. That that's that's how Kimberly Adams. Um, so I had a political science class with her where we had to do this paper. Now, mind you, I'm in grad school. I've been doing papers all my life. This is nothing new. Like this, is what I do. You know, do I do it in a good enough time and not procrastinate? Fuck no. I, 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 I don't know. Like, I was good at it. So I'm going to do it the day before. That's what I do. So, wrote the paper, 20-page paper. And I get an email, and she goes, Dom, we got to talk. And I'm just like, talk about what? He's on. So I pull up. She said, I ran your paper, and it says plagiarized. I said, excuse me? <laughs> what? Now, Kimberly, look at me. Like, it's me. It's Dom, baby. Like, me? Plagiarized? In a way, she goes, "Yeah, so I'm not going to report you like the the, the thing, but I got to give you zero on the paper." I said, "Damn, like what? Mind you, I had like an A in the class, so I ended up finishing off with the C in the class. I got a, a zero on the fucking paper. So like, I'm like I'm mad as shit. Like I'm hotter than fish grease. And um, I go back to what she submitted and I look at it." Unbeknownst to God, and I mean, God is my witness to this day. I still do not know how this happened. I had a quote that was pretty long, but I, I mean, again, it was properly cited. Like, I mean, again, I've written papers all my life. But somehow, between when I click save on my computer and submit to when she got it, that quote repeated itself like six times in my paper. And because it was so long, it kicked it over the um, threshold for what we consider plagiarizing. What is it? Mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn, bro! Like, what the fuck? Like, that shit was crazy." So now I'm mad. Like, I, I got a C. I mean, for people that went to grad school, you can't get but one or two C's, or you out your program. So I'm mad. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm venting to one of my friends, and she goes, "Well, Dom, why are you even a political science major anyway?" And I'm like, "Well, what else is there to do?" Like. I already got an undergrad in it. So she was talking about how she was in a program. Now, mind you, it was like a, it was a new um, kind of program where it blended different uh, fields of study. It was called management and leadership. And I'm like, damn. I mean, she started breaking down the classes and shit. So I'm like, yo, this sounds pretty interesting. So basically, it combined like it had like a psychology element, but it also had like a business element to it as well. So I'm like, that sounds right up my fucking alley. That's why I ended up switching my major, and that's what I had my 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 master's degree in, management and leadership. Asked if I use that degree. Nope, I do not. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, here I am working in fucking higher ed. Now, if you would have told me that fucking sick joke 
when I was in grad school, I would have definitely laughed at you. But again, as I would always say, there had to have been some level of like divine intervention and like predestined planning for my life because like how I end up the places that I end up, I can't explain. Like, I just can't. I got my first job because when I was in grad school and I switched my major, I ended up working in the, the tutoring department at ESU. And they ended up loving me over there. And then they saw I graduated. They said, look, and, you know, unfortunately, there was a definite department which opened up a slot. So from that point on, it was like, oh, well, you know, Dom, you already have put in work here. You want the job? Hell yeah, I want the fucking job. What kind of question is that? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, I'm broke. Like, I'm hungry. Of course. <laughs> so. It's it, hungry. I hate you. I, listen, we was out here ramen noodling it up. Like, listen, I, I know how I feel to be broken college. That's why my, my student talking to me. Listen, I understand. What, what are we talking about? Because I was fucking broke. All right. But that's my whole backstory. What's your story? What was your major? Oh. Like I said, I wanted to go to law school at a period of time, right? So when I came, now, here is where certain schools get you. Some schools have an actual pre-law program. Okay. Right? Other schools do not. Mm-hmm. So when I was applying, I applied to schools that advertised that they had a pre-law program and UConn did advertise that they had a pre-law program because UConn also has a law school. So hand in hand. When I went to orientation, I was informed that no, they have a pre-law track. Uh, they don't have a pre-law program. So uh, essentially what they give you is a list, of, a sheet of paper with all the recommended courses that you should take if you're interested in law school, but you pick your own major. So I was talking with somebody else. I said, oh, well, I'm going to major in English. Somebody said, they said, because it'll prepare you for the writing that you have to do in law school. I said, okay, cool. But I major in English. And then I'm going to major in sociology just because I like social sciences. So I was just like, cool, I'll be a double major. Okay. How the fuck did I also end up uh, having a minor in healthcare management? Who the fuck knows? But it ended up popping up at some point in time. I was one of them students who was bored and I took a lot of classes that I technically didn't need because I came into the university with... I think it was like 25, like 24 credits. So essentially my freshman year was done before I even stepped foot on campus. Right. But I still needed certain classes and certain classes were only like only available during certain times. So I ended up taking other classes to fill in the gaps. So those are my majors that I ended up sticking and I ended up sticking with them. Do I use my English degree? Hell no. Do I use my sociology degree? In my line of work, I do. So... Uh My degree is not 100% pointless. Now, having gone back, knowing what I know now, I probably would not have majored in English and sociology. I probably just would have done healthcare management to begin with. Same with with my thing. And went about my business, considering what I do now. That's real. But yeah, that is how I got that, which was... Stupid to say the least, but you know, shit be happening. So it is what it is. Um, I feel light and bamboozled, but hey. You know, that's how I feel about college sometimes in general, but that's another conversation for another day. 
Um, okay. So how was your first roommate? And it are and if they were cool, are y'all still friends to this day? Julia! Okay. So UConn has this program. Technically, Julia isn't my first roommate. She's my second roommate, but I call her my first roommate. UConn has this. So when you come, when you come for orientation, you have to stay the weekend. Okay. And you are assigned a roommate during the weekend. They already set you up to be dorm living. Like we gonna throw this in. My orientation roommate. We ended up being a separate orientation groups. So I did not see this girl until it was time for us to go to sleep that first night. Damn. So I can't even knock her. Actually, technically, that would make Julia my third roommate. Then in the summer, UConn has a program called SSS. I think a student support services, and it is for first gen college students from urban urban neighborhoods to say the least okay um to tr- help them transition so when they do come to the university they can be successful right i had a roommate named rudy that child was weird <laughs> she would go play volleyball at night and then come get in the bed oh okay <laughs> mind you this is in the summer and we are in dorms with no ac so you mean to tell me it's like 85 90 degrees out at night and you're playing volleyball and sand pits because that's what we had and then you get up and you just get in the bed and go to bed Mm -hmm. so yeah we had her then i had julia julia that's my white woman well yeah that's my white woman uh julia oddly enough we're both gemini's our birthdays are seven days apart seven no eight Yes, eight days apart. Our birthdays are eight days apart. Julia, we come from two very different backgrounds. She, um, her dad's a surgeon and her mom's like an RN. They grew up on Long Island, whatever. She told me that there were all of five black kids in her high school. Oh, okay. Well. So, yeah, it was an interesting thing, <laughs> the two of us living in each other. I'm sure. We had issues, but none of our issues were ever related around race. I can say that. Like, it was girl stuff. Like, we never had issues with, like, race or anything like that later, which I was great. I mean, I'm guessing it's girl stuff if she running around like the Jolly Green Giant playing volleyball. No, that's not Julia. That's Rudy. Julia is my my actual roommate that I actually lived with my whole freshman year. Um, Yeah, we're still good. I mean, we still send text messages, you know, every once in a while when, because you like to say I'm a pip and whatever. Every once in a while when she play these men and run their pocket, she texts me and she'll be like, oh, I just thought about you when I made him pay for X, Y, Z. I said, as you should, because why? I I just thought about you when I made him pay for X, Y, Z. If that ain't the goddamn uh, uh, culmination of the saying birds of a feather, y'all can fill in the rest. Move (laughs) But anyway... It was really good. We roomed with each other freshman year. We roomed separately, soft, and then we didn't room with each other ever again. Um, she roomed somewhere else sophomore year because we had a difference in opinion on where we wanted to live sophomore year. And then, oddly enough, junior year, she moved to the off-campus apartments, which were right next to my dorm where I still stayed and where I worked. So we still spent a bunch of time with each other. Since graduating, we've gone on vacations. Like, I'll spent the night at her house we still text still go with her mom her sister actually i helped her little sister i was with her when she helped her little sister get ready for her senior prom like we we still good 
Nice, nice. It's still good. And yeah, I love her. As a matter of fact, I'm going to text her right now. <laughs> love me some Julia. So my first roommate, I remember like it was yesterday. So again, like I said, life has always been fairly interesting for me. Um, again, first generation uh, college students. So I don't know the ins and outs of college, which is why I take what I do so seriously because a lot of people just don't know how to college, right? So um, at the time, there was two deposits that needed to be made when going to ESU. One for orientation and one for your housing um, deposit. Obviously, that was not... I didn't interpret that that way, so we made the one deposit that made the second, which means that I didn't have housing when school started. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I never—I mean, it was crazy too because moving weekend that weekend, it was a bad like storms, like people it was misplaced. It, it was a, it was a, a lot of shit going on at ESU in twenty in twenty eleven. Yes, I'm aging myself here. But yes, twenty eleven, a lot of shit going on. Um, so I didn't get a room. I, the I had to call the director of housing and you know explain the situation. He said, "Okay, um, I'll work with you, but you know I, I just need some time to set some things up to see you know where we can where we can place you." When I tell you, Dave Campbell, that's my main man. Still love Dave. Dave still works at the issue. Um, Dave got a phone call from me. Every day for about a week and a half. <laughs> Every day, yo, Dave. Like you know, I, I know I'm, I, you know, I'm on the list. Oh no, we moved you up on the list. You know, we we, we working through it. We are gonna get you housed by sometime next week. So I didn't get up to ESU. I want to say until like the third day of class. So like they moved in that Saturday. I moved in that Wednesday, Thursday ish. Okay. It was on some true. Uh, J. Cole dollar in a dream type shit. I had a duffel bag, a book bag, and some fucking dreams and got on a goddamn Greyhound on, on Wednesday because, again, my parents couldn't take, couldn't take off. So that's how I got up there. So I get up there. Um, I'm guessing they... I'm not sure they let my roommate know he was going to get a roommate or not, but the two beds were... They, they were bunk beds, first of all. Um... <laughs> So they were still put together. So obviously I took that shit down, put one on one side, <laughs> one on the other. Um, and in walks in this skinny white kid. Oh, hey, bro. Hey. Oh, my name's Kev. Dom. Um, so you're my new roommate. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Kev was probably the coolest mofo ever. Uh, like. Of all my roommates, I've had some really good roommates, I've had some really shitty roommates, but Kev like kind of set the tone. Um, me and Kev had no problems. First first night actually on campus, I don't know how anything works. I got up there late because the Greyhound took fucking forever, so I missed dinner. So I'm hungry as fuck. He goes, "Yo, bro, I know the calf clothes, but like I got some snacks. You want something?" I was like, "Oh, this this kid's actually fucking nice. I didn't want to be rude." So like. Obviously, I'm fucking starving, so I took some snacks, but like, I, ain't, I ain't overdo it. He goes, yo, you know, uh, he played for the hockey team. And he was like, yo, we're having a little kickback tonight. Do you want to come? Mind you, I don't know this kid from a fucking can of paint. Just met him literally 20 minutes ago. Fuck it, we out. <laughs> so went, 
Now, this is where I'm like, all right, Kev, hold on now. <laughs> because my mom, I heard my mom's voice in the back of my mind. I'm like, mm, let me slow down. Kev goes, now we at the crib. He goes, yo, you want to do some acid? No. I'm no. Like, uh, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, no. I, I smoke a little weed. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling, bro. But again, me and Kev's relationship was cool. The only time me, so there were two instances in which me and Kev had an issue, and it wasn't even like really an issue. The one time, um, he was trying to get some ass, but like I was asleep and I wasn't waking up. And <laughs> that's typically I, how we go at college. I, I didn't know until this morning. I'm like, my bad, bro. Like, you, you could have woke me up. I'd, I'd have found somewhere to go. Like, I don't fucking know. But like, y'all didn't have lounges or nothing. I mean, we did, but again, I, I was knocked the fuck out. So like, I yeah. And then the one time, uh, this is when I had a girlfriend, we in we argued quite frequently. Um, but I was on the phone like 6.30 in the morning and we were arguing. And if anyone has ever heard me argue, get into a conversation that's, you know, emotionally charged, the, the tone and the volume can be a little loud, which can be a little annoying when you're trying to fucking sleep at 6.30 in the morning. So he just goes, hey, bro, like, you know, next time you're arguing, thank you, take it out of the room. You got it, Kev. No, no problem. Now, I will say this. Kev was funny as hell because Kev is the true definition of white folks do the damn the shit. Okay? There were two instances in which Kev perpetuated that stereotype. The first was one day, like a Saturday, early in the morning. I'm not trying to eavesdrop, but he's not necessarily whispering. So I'm like, okay, I can just hear your conversation with your mom. That's fine. Yeah, mom, the season about to start. I need my new gear. I need about 5000 What? I said, I beg your pardon? 5000 what? Hugs? Because like, <laughs> who the fuck got 5000 just sitting around? Like, what? Obviously they did. But it was a response that fucked me up. I was in your account. What the fuck? Hey, yo, she want to give an extra thousand for me? Like, I was cracking the fuck up. I'm like, damn. All right. And then, again, like I said, you know, white folk don't get cold. So, Mm-mm. it would be well, like... Well, to me that they do. But well, I will tell that story later. Hear me out. Kevin get cold. So, um... That's how I, I and my line brother hates me because he always said that I keep wherever I stay super cold. I'm like, well, you can blame my fur for me for that. This mofo in 10 degree weather, 10, I know, I looked, would have not only the window open, but a fan on. I'm like, nigga, you are trying to kill me. You know, I sleep like that on a regular, so I understand. <laughs> now I sleep like that, but at the time, I'm like, yo, it's fucking freezing in this bitch. I I will never forget, though, the first time I went home for Thanksgiving. Mind you, again, it's cold as shit outside, but because I'm living with Kev for the last couple months, guess who goes home in a a hoodie and some shorts? Oh, your mother thought she... My mom said, what the fuck are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Is it crack you smoke? I'm looking at her like, what you mean? It's not cold outside. It's feel good out here. She said, yo, what's the fucking pants on? So... Yes, Kev, my, fir- my first roommate was cool. Unfortunately, no, we didn't stay in contact. Uh, we pretty much lost contact, I think. Uh, he he ended up moving into the hockey house. 
and I ended up staying in the in the room that we had. So that's how we lost hope. I mean, we see someone came in every time we say, "Hey, hey, Dom, hey, Kev, like I'm the homie," because I mean, he also was the kid that only kid on campus that longboarded. So yeah, but yeah, I, I love Kev, man. Kev was Kev was mad cool. Okay, I'ma say this. The same. Julia got cold. So this is a side story to more stories that are going to be told on this thing. Shit now. So UConn, anybody who knows, is a quote unquote party school, right? But not really our type of parties. The other type of the white people parties, right? Oh, let's talk about it. <laughs> so with that being said, with that being said. You know, we would have to go on adventures to get to these houses, right? So there was this thing. I can't remember the fucking street name, but anybody who went to UConn knows what street I'm talking about that has all of the off-campus frat houses. So first house, second house, third house, duck house, yellow house. All these houses had the craziest names, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of these young girls, not us, we would say would have on their homecoming dresses because they would have these tight dresses. But we're in the the in Connecticut in the bottom of a valley in the wintertime. It is like 10, 5, negative 5 degrees outside. And these bitches would be out there with no coats. Not me and Julia. We would bring our coats to the parties. And this chick, I never forget. I forgot. It was a, it was a party that was far off campus because we had to get a ride there. She brought command hooks and stuck them to the wall at the venue to hang up her coat. Because she said she will not be getting cold. <laughs> she will not be cold. And that was her shit. Like for the rest of the semester, she would bring command hooks around to hang up, to put them up and hang up her coat at the parties. So she wasn't cold when it was time to leave. I applaud that very much for her. Now, we talk about a little bit of parties, but, like, we got to talk about academics first because, you know, college is supposed to be a place of higher learning. Did you ever fail a class? Um, I did, but it was in a really, really weird way. Uh, so, so... I failed the class. Well, before, before, I, before I get into the failed class part, um, yes, learning the difference between what kind of party you were going to was essential to life. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of parties. I'll put that in quotation marks. That weren't party. They were kickbacks. Like they were that. That was that was the better determination of it. My first college party, I will never forget. Um. For those of you that went to ESU or know ESU, it was at the White House. What is the White House, might ask? White House is one of the only frat houses that were still allowed to be on ESU's campus. There's the Sigma Pi House, which was a white fraternity. Um, I'm, I'm from Philly, right? So I'm expecting a house party, you know, dancing, man, got in there. There wasn't no pepper amongst the salt. Oh, and they was kissing on each other. Mm. Nah, they wasn't kissing on each other, but like it was a whole bunch of, yeah, bro, let me get some natty ice. And I'm just like, yo, I hate beer. 
Oh my god, beer's disgusting. I'm like, Natty Ice. It's not everybody even good there. I'm like, okay. Yeah, bro, this party's great, ain't it? Is it? Like, th- this what you call a party? I was like, man, get me the fuck out of here. I was mad as shit. Um, so I said, fuck this. And ended up leaving. I was like, uh, if this is what party's gonna be like in college, I'm cool. Like, I don't I don't like it here. <laughs> I got called bougie in college because I did not drink beer. It, it's an acquired taste. Um, and then I, they be having cheap beer. Right. It's the cheap beer that I don't fuck with. Like, and I'm just, hand me a, a Corona or 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 a, a Yingling or something. I, I can get down with that. But like the 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 the, the Natty Ice and then all that other off-brand shit that they like warm. I, I got judged for that. And then also the whole jungle juice thing, because you know, in our orientation, they were just like, Oh, beware, jungle juice, you yeah. never know what's in it, da da da, da mm-hmm. XYZ. So for the longest time, like I didn't drink like jungle juice. I think it was like the whole like I wouldn't say the longest time. I want to say like the first semester I wouldn't. Like I would just bring my own liquor. And you're asking, how did you have your own oh, liquor? No, no, we're not asking. We're not, we're not asking at all. No, I didn't have a fake ID. How'd you get it then? Grams. You know what? We ain't incriminating nobody either. All right, cool. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, moving on. Um, now, one, one party, I, I believe it was my freshman year. If not my freshman year, it was my sophomore year. But this party stands out in particular. because I mean, it was an actual party. So, like, you know, people was dancing, whatever, whatever. But it was the first time I ever seen two girls make out in front of me. <laughs> oh, and you was amused. I was like, oh, okay. Now, mind you. You're two drunk girls. So the one looks at me and goes, what, you want to join? Now, you know, stupid me, I'm thinking she fucking joking, right? No, she wasn't. Oh, damn. I was like, oh. Man, you could have had two for one coochie that night. That, yeah, didn't work out that way. But um, I was like, oh, that that just happened. Okay. I, I didn't know what to do. I'm just fucked up. So I was like, mm, okay. So yeah, parties in college, very, very interesting. Uh, at ESU, we had the crack house. Everybody know what the crack house was. The crack house? I don't know about it. Everybody knew what the crack house was. Okay. Um, taking it back. Um, but the place that the parties you knew was going to be popping, and I knew that once I got in with this crowd, I was good. It was the black crowd, you know, black population. Mm-hmm. But we went to the palace. What's the palace? For those of you that went to ESU, y'all know what the fucking palace is. The palace was the basketball crib. Bro. Okay. The littest parties was in the basketball crib. Like everybody that was anybody got a story in the basketball crib. <laughs> so yeah, once I start going to those parties, that's when it was more like home. And I'm like, all right, cool. This is lit. Um, so yeah, the, the back the, the palace was where all the parties was lit at. Um back way, way back in the day, again, aging myself, people that know ESU. They had parties out on this street called Fawn Street. Fawn was far as fuck, so you had to get a cab. You know, Uber wasn't a thing back then. But um, if the party was at Fawn, more time than not, it was lit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It so yeah, partying in college was definitely an interesting time. Uh, I never forget the one time it was it was like a rite of passage, right? when you can go and party on Main Street when you was 21 and get into the bars. At least it was when I was when I was going there. Right around the time I turned like 22, apparently underages are getting in. Like one time I saw my friend, I'm like, 
baby girl, how are you here? I know you're not 21. How'd you get in? Like, what the fuck is going on here? But anyway, it is what it is. Um, but again, white folk party hard. They just do. So the one day, mind you, I'm in the mountains. So like, you know, the weather can be inclement in the mountains because it's the fucking mountains, right? Um, this Caucasian man, you know, never seen him before. He could have went to ESU. Maybe not. But it was snowing outside. So everybody got on like boots and stuff and it's wet. Why is this man in white on the floor breakdancing? Child, because they, listen. <sighs> I looked down, I said, oh, hell no, I'm getting forgotten. <laughs> like, why? I was flat, like, I was flabbergasted. I'm like, bro, at this point, throw yourself and your clothes in acid because, like, you ain't ever getting clean, ever. So, yeah, party. So, back to your question, though, have I ever felt the class in college? Yes, I failed the fitness class. Why did I fail the fitness class? So, again, college has changed a lot since I've been in college, and hell, it changed a lot even when I was still in college. Um, the requirements that they had when I first got there was that everybody had to take, I think it was either two or three quote unquote physical fit classes. Oh, I have to do that bullshit. Um, and the one class that I so mind you, but I loved it though because it was it was only a one credit class and it was all it always took me from 15 to 16 credits, and over time that shit adds up. So the one time I had signed up for tennis class, now mind you. I, I've played tennis, like I played tennis in high school. So I would always go, but like would never be able to go to class. So like I just stopped trying to go. Why did my dumbass get the days mixed up? So every day that I was going, it wasn't the day that class was, which is why I never saw the class. And for whatever reason, never decided to check my schedule. So like I ended up getting like a, a F in the class, but like it didn't hurt nothing because it was a fit class. But it was like, damn, that was a waste of a fucking credit, dummy. <laughs> Very much a waste. Other than that, no. That was the only class that I can say that I did not get a satisfactory marking in. I, uh, so I didn't technically fail the class. Um, I think I got like a, end up again like a, okay. Remember I told you how they give us a list of classes that you're supposed to take if you want to be pre-law or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of them was um ethics. Uh, ethics through law and policy. It was a philosophy course. Okay, took the class. I knew that I should have dropped this fucking course, but I tried <laughs> to stay the course because I I already had one W on my transcript. I didn't want it at all. So this professor, he at the time he was like one of the heads of the philosophy department. So he really thought that his shit didn't stink. That's number one. He had no lecture slides. Uh, she, he had no lecture slides. That's number one. All he did was talk. Okay. Our readings, like our readings, he wouldn't even address the readings a lot of the time when he would talk. He would just go on these random ass tangents. So that we're setting the scene for all of this. So he gave us a paper. He said, "Oh, you have to write a fi- uh, a final paper on the ethics of a form of punishment." Right. Okay. Or no, the ethics, yeah, the ethics on a form of punishment. So I got sent with capital punishment. One of my other classmates got solitary confinement. 
what another person was deportation like it was various um, various forms of punishment right so he didn't give us a rubric for the how to write this paper he just said find an article on that send it to me i'll approve whether or not the article is uh, uh goes with your topic because we're supposed to be going for these punishments and then write a paper explaining your argument for the punishment and counter arguing the paper that's against the punishment okay that seems pretty fairly fucking simple right right so again with the quotes i took a quote out of it i didn't even actually take a quote i paraphrased a quote out of it but i put in the footnotes where i got it mm-hmm. oh you plagiarized i'm failing you on a page. Oh, yeah. now me being me, because I was an English major, I had software on my computer that I would run my papers paper through. through to make sure that it didn't come back plagiarized. That it, out of my paper, it was like three percent plagiarized, quote unquote. And like I mean, that. to be fair, most plagiarism trackers are going to find an essence of it because, again, when you're quoting stuff, like yeah, it can't be past a certain percentage, right? Right. It was three percent, but. In the thing, it matched what the quote matched what my footnote was. Okay. Right? So I said, okay, well, if I footnoted it correctly and I have this on my citations, even if it's popping up this 3%, it should still be fine. Right. He's just like, no, I'm failing you. So me being me, I argued it to the ethics board because UConn, you have, whenever you're accused of plagiarism, you have your opportunity to fight that in our board of ethics. Right? Right. Because though he didn't fail me for the class, he only gave me an F, but the fuck? You're not, I'm not, no, we're not doing that. We went to the ethics board. Um, He didn't show up because he felt that it was beneath him to not show up. It was beneath him to show up to this, to his hearing. They said that, I think my reading was it was neutral on both accounts. So... They were upholding him, failing me for it, but they weren't going to give me a mark of plagiarism on my, like, they weren't going to give me a mark of plagiarism on my thing. Because he wrote a report, he said, regardless of the quote, regardless of the quote, the quality of paper wasn't that good anyway. Damn, I am coming for your writing. That's what he said. And I was just like, well, did he actually grade the paper after it quote unquote pop plagiarism? And if he did, can I see the copy of the grade? Because, oh, I don't have it. So you never graded it. Right, he was bullshitting. He just bullshitted. So that's what ended up happening. So technically I didn't fail, but because I got a D on that, I failed that paper, and that paper was worth 60% of our grade, I ended up with a D in the class. <laughs> so it's actually funny because I, I went through a similar situation in grad school. And man, when I tell you I wanted to, I've never wanted to fight a professor before, but this motherfucker really pissed me off. So again, it came down to writing a paper and I know how to write papers. If it, if I can't do shit else in life, I know that I can write a paper and present anything. Like I, I know that I can do that. So it was a fucking, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, it was a dumb, it was an elective class for my sport management major. It was uh, sport facilities, right? That class, it was easy as shit, dumb as hell. Like it really was a waste of time. It was like, okay, well, you know, every sporting arena or every like uh, arena has to have AEDs, you know, a certain distance and like shit like that. Not no shit that I'd ever gonna use in my life, right? 
so we had to write a paper, and yet again, it was a quote. You know, call me Dom the quote man at this point. But it was a quote that I had properly cited. Oh, I'm failing you and I'm reporting you because you plagiarized. I said, okay, show me where I plagiarized. So he pulled up, he pulled up the quote. I said, so do you not see the citation right there? Like, it's literally right there. The fuck are you talking about? He goes, that's not how I cite. What? What do you mean? We don't, well, well, well no. Which, okay, What? how did he want his citations done? Which format did he tell you? It was, an, he ML, gave you this? It was an ML, no, sorry. It was an APA style paper. Okay, well, if the citation is with the within APA format, what's the issue? It was so. But what was the answer? So I, to this day, couldn't tell you. Mind you, he was an adjunct. wasn't even real. He wasn't even a real professor. Okay, not wasn't a real professor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I tried talking to him. He wasn't being reasonable. So I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go to the chair of the department because you got me fucked up." Um, so I go to the chair, J. Doc Lee, my man. I said, "Yo." Get your mans because he's trying to fail me, and I, I'm not fucking with it. <laughs> so I, I explained it to him. So I guess he went and talked to the guy. He like, yo, he's not budging. I said, okay, well, something needs to be done because you got me fucked up. Like, he said, okay, well, how about this? How about you ask him to put the grade in as an incomplete, and then you retake it as an independent study? Sure, works for fucking me as long as this asshole agrees to it. So he ended up, I mean, I don't know if he agreed to it or not, but I ended up getting my independent study. So ended up getting an A in the class with my, my. they put me in my independent study with my advisor, which was Kim. And when I, again, people that took Kim, Kim did not give a fuck about nothing. He said, look, um, do a portfolio, turn it in, I give you a grade. Say no more, Kim, say no more. <laughs> so yeah, man, he, he even finds me getting fucked up sometimes. But like, and it's crazy though, because, okay, Again, not getting too deep into what I do. We can do that another another day. But I feel so bad because some of these professors are bullies and be bullying they, they students. And they students don't have enough confidence to fight for themselves. So I'm like, you know, one of the things that I try to teach them, like, oh, listen, if you wrong, take your lumps. But if you know that you're not, no, nah, fuck that. Fight it. Like, professors are wrong, too. And there have been plenty of instances where a professor has been in the wrong. So I'm like, don't let them just walk all over you. And I'm like, nah, nah, bruh. Mm -mm. <laughs> Listen, these professors, some of these professors kiss my ass. And then there's some professors, I love them to death. There's a professor, Mr. Goldman. I took him for American Lit Part 1. Because for whatever reason, UConn American Lit was broken into two parts. Whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> actually i know why it was but anyway that he was such a good professor is such a nice professor i think i ended up getting like an a minus in his class or something like that that i took american lit part two just because he was teaching it and i didn't even need the class oh shit i just took it to have him <laughs> great and i got another a minus in the class so we love it yeah. so we so we started kind of started talking about partying right 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 what was the first party you went to? Like, what was the first one? Because I remember my first party at UConn vividly. Well, no, uh, the first one I went to was definitely the uh, the White House joint that I told you about. Um, yeah, it, it it was it was trash. Like it, it was it was god awful, <laughs> god awful. Um, 
and, and it's funny though because like I made friends because that party was so awful. We all walked back together, <laughs> and that's how we figured out one: we lived in the same goddamn dorm, and two, like, oh shit, you know this party was ass too. Cool. Now, granted, my first group of friends at ESU were of the salt variety. They were cool, but like, I, I start realizing. Some of the words my mama told me, don't be out here getting in trouble with your white friends. Because <laughs> they can do some shit that your ass cannot. And I was just sitting there sometime like, yeah, nah, I'm I'm, I'm good, y'all. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so my first one, I can't remember. I think it was called Boathouse. Yep, that was the house. It was called Boathouse. So told you I did a summer program. During our summer program, we had RAs. The RAs, some of them were still students at the university when we started in the fall. So I go to the event. I see one of my, R, my the RAs that I had this summer there. So we chit-chat, playing beer pong. I get offered jungle juice. I look at him side eye. He said, no, it's good. If you don't want it, here's a bottle of something I mixed up. Blah, 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 X, Y, Z. So I was like, okay, cool. I could trust this man. He has never Wait, done hold, me wrong. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now I got a question. So you didn't trust the cup of jungle juice, but you trusted the bottle of something that somebody whipped up. No, I trusted the person who made it. Okay. I got about to say something don't sound right. <laughs> because I didn't know because he didn't know the people who were having the party either. Gotcha. So even he was looking at it like Okay, okay, okay. I got something. Let me go get it for you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um ended up happening that we were out. I want to say this party was like a mile off campus now a mile does not sound far in stores a mile is far off campus considering that it's nothing but bushes out there it's bushes and bambi so there's no sidewalk so you are legit on a side of a dark when i tell you dark because there's no lights there's no street lights dark highway or um yeah dark section of highway walking back Needless to say, the girl we ended up going with, it was my roommate, her friend, her, Julia, her mother's best friend, daughter, ended up coming to UConn too. So it was me, her, the other girl, and the other girl's roommate. The other girl roommate ends up getting drunk and starts making out with any person at this party that she can. Nice. I'm looking because this is foreign things. We don't do this. Where I'm from. Eh. We don't do this where I'm from. And I'm just so confused. So far that she was just like, then she got drunk. So we ended up having to find someone to drive us back to campus. Ended up in some random car with some random white men. Don't know how we got here. I was just texting my mother like, I'm in a car and I don't know where I'm going. Ended up getting back to my dorm. And girl passed out on the floor in our dorm just to wake up. So I could like, yeah, I was kissing this hot Spanish guy. And we we're just like, no, you weren't. <laughs> he wasn't six, four. No, he wasn't. He was five, six at most. And he looked and he was definitely white. Oh, but what about the black guy? You didn't kiss a black guy. Yikes. She didn't know what the hell was going on. But yeah, that was my first party. It was, oh, a, it was God. a time. A lot of my parties, my freshman year at UConn were a time. Like the girl who fell in the bushes and I had to help her. Do you want the story on that? I mean, listen, bless our listeners with the ear because like, I'm curious now. All right, so we're on the strip of houses again, right? The strip of houses. 
we're walking back from i forgot who was having a party but i forgot who was having a party girl is with her friends girl gets out of the car with her friends to throw up so she goes over to the bush to throw up the friends pull off not her friends clearly pull off maybe shorty lost her balance i don't know but she falls down the little ravine that's ravine and into the bushes i'm looking at julia like did we just see what the fuck we just saw and she said yeah we did so now i'm like well what the fuck do we do because i don't know this bitch but she have dressed drunk in the bushes and my moral compass is not letting me my moral compass is not letting this woman be dressed the way she is drunk in the bushes it's not letting that it's not sitting well with me so we go we help her out the bushes I do the only thing that I could think to do at 18 and call my mother. <laughs> Grand is a good 45 minutes to an hour away, but I will call her anyway. And tell her. It's called Grams. <laughs> tell her about the drunk girl in the bushes. So I'm telling her, me and Julia get her up. We ended up walking her. Ends up that she lives in a dorm, a set of dorms past where we live. Like we have to pass it to get where we live. So we walk her to her dorm. She goes there all scraped up and bloody. And I tell Julia, don't you ever leave me out in no fucking bushes. I'll beat the fuck out you. Damn. That's I had to make sure. Like, I said, don't leave me in no bushes. She did end up leaving me at a house party one time, but that was another story for another day. Lord have mercy. And she definitely got a severe cussing. So, what was your, what would you say the best and worst parts of your college experience were? The best part of my college experience, uh, I would say it would probably be junior, was it junior? No, sophomore, sophomore year, sophomore year, in a, sophomore in my junior year. Freshman year was a blur, but for, sophomore and junior year, dumb shits, dumb shits was good. Um, Sophomore year, I ended up. I had a variety of roommates throughout that one fucking year. Um, I ended up having a foreign exchange roommate for part of the year. So then she introduced me to the other foreign exchange students, which sort of kind of like sparked my thing for wanting to travel and see the world. Also, I had my own money. And then like junior year, I was working in a dining hall. And oddly enough, I made, this is how I became friends with my homegirl V and my homie George, because we were all at the same dining hall. And it just so happened that we sparked this friendship because we all liked American Horror Story and we wanted to watch it. So we started watching American Horror Stories with each other with each other every Wednesday. And then it turned into, oh, let's go to Walmart at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, I'll go do this. And it just it was the friendships that I developed sophomore and junior year, particularly. Those are like the my best part of college. Also, those were I think those two years is when I had like my best grades through the four years that we were there if we be honest but yeah so that's the best my worst um part of my college experience um white white women screaming victim when they wrong oh so okay. I was a RA. give me more right so I was an RA and one of my now homegirls, it was a resident of mine, and 
I know this story. It, yeah, it all starting over a boy, but essentially I had these two girl white residents that at first I was really cool with them at the start of the semester. Like we was cool, we would chit chat, we would ha ha, we would kiki, like it was cool, just like I would with other my residents. But they felt that to me personally, the way that they acted, they felt that because they were white and she was black and it was the two of them and just her, whatever they said was supposed to be it. And mm-hmm. I, the hall director that I was working with, she also had a very warped sense of what was going on. And she, a lot of times that they should have been punished, she didn't punish them. So then they continued to do things. And to me, I felt that they were just bullying that girl. Um and it came to, well, oh, well, we don't feel comfortable. And it was a whole bunch of other shit. But that was like one of the worst things because I was in a situation where I know that I'm doing everything right. And I know that my other resident, who's my homegirl, was doing everything right. But we weren't getting what we needed. And it just sent me into the thing, well, well, fuck it. Am I, is anybody ever going to listen to me? As a Black woman, do I have a voice on this campus? It just turned into some, it turned into a whole hot mess and a very rough semester for me. A very rough semester for me. So rough. At one point, I think I didn't go to class for like three weeks. I went to work, but I didn't go to class. Because I'm still going to get this money. But yeah, it was just, that was just like my worst experiences in college. Because it's definitely given, oh, white women can do what they want. But it's okay because if I'm saying it right, one of the do one of the girls end up getting passed around by the football team and catching something. Yikes! And then the other one, dude had a whole baby on her and then blocked her. So hey, those are stresses I have in my life. Sheesh. Um, there were there was a lot of good in college. Um, there was okay. There were, let me rephrase. There was a lot of manufactured good at ESU. I didn't really get involved the way that I should have until about my junior year. And that's when I really saw the, the biggest difference in my college experience. Not that I had a bad experience my freshman and sophomore year, but once junior year came, it, it just took off for me. Um, some of the high points obviously was joining Phi Beta Sigma my senior year, um, being able to recharter my chapter, um, being able to become student senate um vice president. I was the faculty student uh e board vice president. Um I like I said things just took off for me. Um so there was a lot of manufactured good. Um a lot of the relationships that I was able to make, I still have a lot of, of those same relationships to this day. Um, whether it's been, you know, professional mentors or professors or, you know, some colleagues that are that were students, you know, it, it was a great time. Um, but that also came with some negatives. Um, I realized that, you know, it's all a game and you have to understand how the game is played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and be that that is again, I, I take my college experience and I try to without minimizing my students, I try to infuse some wisdom in them learning from my mistakes so that they don't have to. Uh, I'm like, look, you know, wh- whether you go to a PWI or an HBCU or a community college, it doesn't make a difference. They have <laughs> they have a system in place where they're trying to get the most from you. So in turn, get the most from them. 
they gonna they gonna tap you regardless. So like, you know, you got a PWI, yeah, you're gonna deal with some, you know, some uh racial ignorance and a whole bunch of other things at HPCU, you might still deal with that same shit from from different administrators. So like, you know, again, college in general is a system that you have to understand so that you can not only be in it, but be but beat it, honestly. So you know, whether that be at a PWI when, you know, Black Lives Matter protests are going on on campus, having Black student leaders making sure that no one does anything crazy. Yeah, they wasn't slick about that. Um, or, you know, when there are other minority groups on campus demanding to be heard and y'all trying to, you know, show face or whatever. Like, it's a system and you have to understand that. Um, was it all good? No. Um, I, I honestly wholeheartedly believe that you can have the best time of your life. You, you could have had the best time of your life at ESU, or you could have had the very worst time of your life if you weren't careful. Um, I decided actively my junior year to make it the best. Um, I lost my mom in college, like my junior year. Junior year was a lot. Like I got active because I if I didn't, I, could, I couldn't stay idle my junior, my junior year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and being able to, do the th different things that I was doing. It was keeping, it was keeping me from having an idle mind. And they all, you know, the, the old folk always say that an idle mind is the devil's playground. So, you know, I was able to do orientation. I was able to do student senate. I was able to join, you know, the the Black Student Union and be a part of, you know, the Men of Culture Alliance and things of that nature that kept me busy. Um, so. You know, that to me, that was the best and worst parts of college. I mean, it, I always tell people that college is a microcosm of what life can be. You know, there, there are going to be peaks, there are going to be valleys. Like, it's going to be a lot of good, it's going to be a lot of bad. You can't really control some of the situations and circumstances that you find yourself in, but you can control how you respond to them. And, you know, that is something that I learned personally that I continue to learn and it continues to be a, a, a thing that I have to do. Um, and if I can go back with all the knowledge that I have now, would I do it the same way? I might do things a little bit differently. Um, uh, not gonna lie, like I would definitely I would I would be curious to see how I would have fared if I did go to a bigger school. Um, but let's just say I made the same choice to go to ESU. The two things that I would do differently, I would get active my freshman year, because again, it it just gave you shit to do like it's a lot of empty space and empty time in college and not it is it is not many people realize that i'm like bro you might be in class especially undergrad maybe three hours of the day and then what what are you doing the rest of the time like you still got 21 hours what the fuck you gonna do um and if you ain't got shit else to do my listen my first and half of my second year i spent 95 percent of my time in the lounge playing madden with my friends which is cool, but I could have been doing a whole bunch of other shit. <laughs> so I would have definitely looked to get active earlier. And then I would have also chose to study abroad. Ooh. Yes. Though that is the two things that if I could go back with the knowledge that I have now, which I which ironic that we're talking about college years right now. I had a nightmare the other day. Now mind you. What? I don't remember fucking dreams for the life of me more times than not, right? 
But I had a weird ass dream where I'm the big age that I am now. Don't worry about how old I am. For the, if you know me, you know me. If you don't, fuck you. Anyway, um, but I had a dream that in my big age, somehow, some way, I was applying for a job and they went to like confirm my degree and they couldn't. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck no. And somehow, some way, I had to go back to ESU, right? That's not even what her getting fucked up at. I had to go back to ESU in my big age and live in a communal fucking dorm. Bro. No. No. I woke no. up in the coldest of sweats. I said, what the fuck? No. Ain't no way. I say, like, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no yo, fucking way. When I tell you my mind is crazy, because, you know, that's not a normal fucking nightmare. You know, no nightmare. Somebody trying to kill you. No, I got to go back to... Fuck that. Absolutely not. <laughs> so it is mad funny that we are talking about this today because like I I couldn't. Absolutely not. First of all, these fucking kids nowadays are fucking weird. Let's just start with that. Second of all, I will be fucking damn if I go from my king size bed to some damn twin. Oh nah. Not the twin excels again. Yo, but you wanna know what's crazy? As in our, our big age, we talk about these beds now. But we don't act like you didn't used to be cuddled up on them shits. Yo, to this day, I ask myself, how? How did we do it? How? Like, And the thing is, me, I always had some tall nigga in my bed. So I'm like, how is this possible? Ma'am, how is this possible? Yo, listen, and anyone that knows me knows that I don't go for the skinny chicks. Like, you got to have some meat on your bones. You got to be too something to do something. But when you do something to do something, you you got some you got some meat on you, which is what I like. But I'm not small, so again, how are we fitting on them fucking twin XL beds? I don't know, dog. I don't know. Yo, real yo, and like I I think back to it, right? You know, maybe maybe you don't because you never had somebody lay on your fucking arm for an extended period of time. But like, no, I'm normally bro, yeah. that that dead arm shit. That shit was painful. <laughs> but you be there. You good, babe? Yeah, I'm good. We all good, babe. Knowing in my mind, bitch, get off me. I can't move. <laughs> <laughs> so we now that we ha-ha that we kiki it, I know you got some funny stories. I know. I know you got some funny stories. I got, I got some funny stories. Too many funny stories. So let's do two. We'll each do two pieces. Okay. Oh man, shit! I gotta go into the, the archives. Okay, um, I'll start. I'll start. So while you get in your archive, I'll start. Go ahead. So again, I went to UConn. UConn is a basketball school, yeah. big basketball school. So in 2014, our men and women won the championship. Okay. To get at the same time, so. Campus was crazy at this point. At this and this particular night, the men had just won. So you know, I was telling my mom about this. So you know these big, dumb big light posts that they typically have in the center of campus to light the walkway. Yes. Somehow, some way, some students thought it would be a good idea to rip that out the ground. That was never smart. Right now. It's going to get, you're probably like, how is this a funny story? But it is. They then proceeded to walk this light pole, maybe 50, 60 feet, and chuck it through our engineering building. Wow. Right. 
still probably like, why is this funny? Every black student was on Twitter upset about this because the former president of the university was Susan and Susan would charge for anything. So all of us was mad because we thought we were about to get a fee on our fee bill <laughs> because they threw the window, the, the pipe through the window. Lord have mercy. So you, Twitter is going stupid. Y'all better not. If I get a fee, I'm snitching this, this, that, and there because we know how to, we know how that bird app be giving it up. And I know that I went to sleep, not only drunk that night because we ended up going to a party, but scared because I was just like, ain't nobody got time to be paying Susan no fucking money for this damn light post. Needless to say, the light post, we woke up for classes and the next day, the light post was out of the engineer building lobby, back into the ground and the window was fixed. Now who she got to fix this in the span of 12 hours? I don't fucking know. But it got fixed, and we was happy about that. But that was one of the funnier moments. Well, it's funny to me. Maybe not to others, but it's funny to me. Well, my one story, I can tell this story, because it was fucking hilarious. Now, this was What's hilarious. your one story? You know you got 57. I do, but this story was funny because it was the first time that I ever had an edible. Oh, God. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. Not the first time. It was the second time I had an edible. Okay. First time, okay, then I, I can tell both stories in one because it has to do with edibles and it's fucking hilarious, both stories. So, my one homie, uh, his name is Shy. Everybody knows Shy. Shy this big, strong-ass motherfucker that just be chilling, but you piss him off, he punching your face. Like, that, that was Shy in a nutshell. So, um, the one day, he go, yo, bro, I got this brownie you try and go have. Fuck it, bro, why not? Turn up, right? So, we in my room, just bullshitting, eat the brownie. Now, this is me being ignorant, mind you. Never had it before, so I don't know how it's going to hit me, how it's going to affect me, no nothing. So after about 10, 15 minutes, I don't feel anything. I'm like, man, this shit ass. Like, the fuck we just eat? Like, you just had a right, right? Please like, don't tell me you ate more. No, not that day. <laughs> so he said, yeah, bro, I'm going to go back to my room. Now, I live, imagine a, a long hallway, right? He lives all the way at one end. I live on the other. That's how far our rooms are at this point. I guess the weed begins to start punching my life. Right? And I'm feeling goofy as hell. Like, giggling. Can't stop laughing. All types of just goofy shit. Now, mind you, it's, like I said, it's a, he's at the end of the hallway, and I'm at the beginning of the hallway. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell me that he wasn't right next door. That's how high I was. I'll step out to my room, and we're yelling, we're literally yelling back and forth down the hallway, cracking the fuck up. <laughs> to the point where I think Ari like, yo, why the fuck y'all so loud? So we said, all right. So then he decides to walk from his room and walk to my room, right? Now this is where the story gets funny at. Now we both smack. And as you know, the H's of being high, hungry, horny, happy. So we were, we, were, we were two of the three, hungry and happy. I'm happy you specified. Right, listen, I had to. <clears throat> um, well, I don't know what the fuck he did when he left, but I went to sleep. But anyway, moving on. Um, so we decided to order food. Now, again, everybody at ESU know 
that the spot that we used to order food from that was close to home was Philly Steaks. Because they made cheesesteak that was close to the ones you would get back home. Right? So he gets a cheesesteak. I, for whatever reason, you know, I don't really want a cheesesteak. I'm going to get a, a big-ass bacon double burger with some fries. What I got. Okay. So in his high stupor, he forgot to get condiments added to the cheesesteak. So he just got a dry ass cheese thing, right? So he go, he bite this shit. Damn, man, this shit dry as fuck. What the fuck? Yo, bro, we got to catch up in the bag. I opened the bag. Now, in my mind, what registered to me was that there was no ketchup in this bag, right? I didn't see not one pack of ketchup in this bag. So he proceeds to eat his dry ass cheese dick. I'm so high, I can't even eat. Like, that's how high I am. So I, I think I might have ate my french fry, but I, I never really start eating the burger for him. He leaves, I fall asleep. I was so high that I fell asleep with the burger in my hand. <laughs> I woke up, the burger was still in my hand. Like, nothing moved. The motherfucker was just in my hand. Imagine waking up with a big ass burger again. That's really what the fuck happened. So I'm cracking the fuck up. I'm like, yo, damn, man. I guess I was high. So now I'm like, fuck it. I, I still got the burger. I'm eating this shit. Like, I'm hungry. So I warm it up. I look in the bag. It's a shit ton of ketchup packets that appeared out of nowhere. Wait a minute. So when I see him the next day, I said, yo, bro, I was fried. He said, yo, me too. I'm just mad. I had that dry ass cheese. Thing. I said, yeah, bro. I I fucked up. He said, what? I'm like, yo, it was mad ketchup in the bag. He said, you black bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you cracking me a black bitch? I'm like, that's fair. I, I, I didn't that. <laughs> no, it's not fair. Me and him, why am I like, uh-uh, you're greedy. You're not going to talk to me like that. I'm like, that's cool. I'd be mad, too, if I had to eat this dry-ass cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first experience with an edible. So again, just to go right into story number two, because like literally, they, they go hand in hand. You would think that I learned my lesson from the first time, right? No, okay. I didn't. So now it was homecoming. And I think I got an edible for somebody and then I got two extra ones. Why Why I got two, I don't fucking know. Either, either I bought two or the person just gave me an extra one. Giving nope. away edibles? Oh, now who got the juice? Listen. Anyway. So, this is back when I'm with my ex or whatever. And uh, we all like pre-game in different spots before we go out that evening. So, I'm with my friend Deandra and Lamont and a couple of friends they brought up or whatever. And I eat the one edible, right? All right, cool, fine, no problem. But yet again, me being, now mind you, the first time I had an edible, I had half of one, not even a whole one, right? Okay. Ate a whole one. Same thing. Nothing really happened that first 15, 20 minutes. I say, fuck it. Balls to the wall. I'ma eat the whole second one. That's where you fucked up. Oh, I fucked up. Oh, D. That's ate the second one. At that point, life just stopped immediately. 
So now, like I said, I'm at my my friend's room. I'm like, yo, I can't make it. I'm too fucked up to make it back to my room. I'm mm-hmm. gonna just call. I'm gonna call my my ex and see if she's in her room. I can just stay there because like I can just you know get myself together over there. I call her. She didn't answer her phone. I said, all right, well, I'm gonna just go to her room and hope for the best because. Not hope for the best. I don't know what else I can do, but I'm fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I walk, you know, a little bit of energy I had left. I walk from the UAs to Hawthorne Suites, where she lived. I get in. Sound far. It, it, it wasn't a bad walk. I mean, it was down, it was up the walkway. So I mean, better than going to Hemlock. Hemlock would have been, I wouldn't have made it. But for those that know, it was, it was from Hawthorne to the UA. So, I mean, it was up a little bit of a hill, but, like, it wasn't too crazy. So, I get there. I get in the elevator. As I get in the elevator, I can feel me starting to lose feeling in my legs. Mm, okay, it's hitting, hitting. Oh, it's hitting, hitting. So, thankfully, I was the only person on the elevator because I dropped to the floor. Now, I ain't no small knee. Okay. Yeah. Imagine my big ass sitting <laughs> on the floor of an elevator. <laughs> okay. So now I'm like, well, I can't stay on the elevator because then if I'm going up and down the elevator, that, that's just going to attract too much attention. But I'm like, yo, I can't really feel my legs. So how am I supposed to get out of this? Please don't tell me you crawled out. I was army crawling like a motherfucker. <laughs> now, keep the scene though, because like again, how no one saw me is fucking crazy. You're not a small dude, so this is obs- this yo. How no one decided to just remotely walk out of their room and walk to the elevator is beyond me. But they didn't. So I'm army crawling like I'm in the motherfucking. Reserved on this jaw, like listen, I got to get it. I got to get it. Unfortunately, she lived through a double set of doors. So how the fuck did you manage this? I, I was I managed to get my arm up high enough to open the fucking door and crawl through the goddamn walkway. So I literally crawls all the way from the elevator to her door. I pull out my phone, I'm like, yo, I know I knocked on the door, she wasn't there. I called her again. I said, yo. I need help. (laughs) She said, I'm with my friend. I said, yo, I need you to come back to your room now. Like, immediately. (laughs) I'm I'm dead outside. I'm literally in front of your door, and I need assistance. So, she said, all right, give me like five minutes. Now, quick little caveat. Before I even start pre-gaming and doing whatever I was fucking doing that night, she asked me, she said, yo, I'm ordering from Philly Steaks. Do you want anything? No, babe, I'm good. I'll probably eat while I'm out. Don't worry about it. Stupid me. Um, Because you was hungry than a motherfucker. Hold on. I, I'm going to tell you how this shit get worse. So she comes back, looks at me lying literally in front of her door and busts out laughing, as I would have to. As she should. So then, you know, she get, we, we, we get in. I lay down. I'm so fucked up. I don't even go out that night. I I, I couldn't. Like, I, I was on, I don't know what planet it was, but it damn sure wasn't Earth. So, um, she gets dressed. She leaves. Cool. 
she, as most women don't, didn't finish her food. You ate okay. it. Fine. It's my girlfriend at the time. I finished the fucking food. The fuck you mean? Mm-hmm. I was hungry, right? But now at this point, I didn't eat. I can feel my legs again. I'm nice and strong. I can walk straight. I ain't got to crawl nowhere no more. But I'm hungry. So what do I do? I order my own for these things. Ain't that too, right? So she get back. Yo, babe, you saw my food? Damn, I ate that jaw. Sorry. All right. But wait, hold up. Why are there two containers in the trash? See what happened was. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to cuss you out for ordering more food and not ordering back the food that you ate. She ain't talking to me that night. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Yo, shit. You're lucky it wasn't me. You would have been outside. Yo. At that point, I could have walked to my room. So I'm fine. I'm just saying. <laughs> so yes, my two like I we can talk about the the third experience that I've had with edibles another episode. But my experience with edibles is fucking hilarious. Like it's nothing. You, you're doing of, too fucking much because you're impatient. You're impatient. I, you, I don't. I don't be meaning to, bro. But like this shit be crazy. <laughs> you're in fucking patient. So my second story. It involves Grams. But. Oh, shit. So, me and it's junior year, me and my coworkers, me and my coworkers from the dining hall decide that we're going to go out that night. So, we go to this house. Now, before we get there, let me preface this. Both of my coworkers that I'm with, they're 21. Right? I am not at this time. All right. So, we got jello shots going. They got they got they got more jello shots to my dorm room. Also, let me preference this. I had one of those dorm rooms which actually had a bathroom in it. So a lot of the time, what would end up happening is, and my roommate would never be there. What would end up happening is people would come to my room to get ready and they would spend the night because mm-hmm. I have a bathroom in my room and my roommate was never there and she didn't care if anybody slept on her bed. Her only rule was don't sleep under in her, in her sheets. So she would have like a throw blanket. You would sleep on top. So we're drinking. We have jello shots. We're drinking. We're taking shots. We go to the house. Now, I didn't pre-mix me something in my water bottle that I'm drinking at the house. I get offered more drinks. Cool. One of the Sigmas actually gives me a drink. (laughs) He gives me some blue juice. So I'm drinking whatever I'm drinking and I'm having blue juice. Cool, cool, cool. Nights keep going. Now, now the we now we start smoking. So pretty much we're getting fucked up. Now, one of my um, co-workers, she says that she's going to stay back at the house that she is because it was the, I think it was the Latin fraternity when the Latin fraternity is on campus. It was their house and she was talking to one of the dudes. So I was like, okay. My other co-worker was just like, hey, I'm going to just drop you back at your dorm and I'm actually going to drive home because I want to sleep in my own bed. I said, are you sure to drive? She said, yep. Cool. Whose ever idea was it for me to take five shots? Not five. I think it was like maybe five shots before we left. I don't fucking know, but I'm good and fucked up. So I go into my dorm and I do my normal routine, which is stripped down and I go take a shower. So I'm in the shower and I'm scrubbing myself and I see something on me. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Let me scrub it. Let me scrub it. I'm scrubbing. It's not coming off. 
So now I'm panicking. What the fuck is this on my body? <laughs> and why isn't it coming off? So, of course, I do the only logical thing. Call Gramps. So I call Gramps. By this time, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm drunk and I'm crying. Um, there's something on me. It won't come off. I don't know what it is. So she says, FaceTime me. So I FaceTime her again. I'm naked because I was just in the shower. It is not coming off. Okay. So naked as the day that I bored, I prop up my phone to show my mother the spot on me. In the most comments of tone, she says, dumbass, that's the tattoo you got when you were 18. I'm fucking dead. Go to bed. <laughs> Sure. So, so she hangs up with me and I'm like, oh, I got a tattoo. Don't. Even though I have several. Oh, I got a tattoo. Um hollering. I end up getting slightly dressed. And I end up I forgot. I end up ordering food and eating food. But in my drunken blacked out rage, I make a rant on my Snapchat about how good natural Doritos are and they're the most superior Doritos there is. And this is that third. I didn't know that I made the rant. So now it's the next day. I get up, hungover, get dressed, go to work. And my coworkers are laughing at me. I'm like, what the fuck are you laughing at me? They were just like, oh, so you in love with a red bag of Doritos? You would marry Doritos if you could? I'm like, what the hey, fuck yo. are you talking about? Hey, it's up on my Snapchat. So everybody who had me on Snapchat saw my drunken rant about Doritos. Damn Doritos. And was clowning me for the rest of the fucking day. Because by the time I got to take it down, it was already been up for like 12 hours. I didn't know. But yeah, college was a time, man. Man, College was a time. We had a time in fucking college, man. Listen... But yeah. Yeah. So I mean, for those of you that are still in college, man, you know, enjoy you are, it. You're already paying for it, so you might as well take it for everything that it has. Those, you know, five ten dollar trips to baseball games, hey, because yep. you ain't gonna get that shit nowhere else. You know, when they was, I don't know, they still do the little uh, New York trips or whatever. Take them, because I'm telling you, the minute yeah, you're there, the Yankees no and Red Sox games, like. <laughs> Um, enjoy everything. Get every free T-shirt because you paid for them. They ain't really ain't free. Um, you know when they have people come to campus, go go make yourself known for a good reason. But enjoy it. That is my advice to you guys. Have fun. Do what needs to be done, but have fun while you're doing it because this adult shit ghetto. Ghetto as hell. <laughs> so we hope that you guys. Enjoy the episode as much as we enjoy recording it for you. This has been another episode of Brunch on Sundays. Thank you.